Are you guys excited to be at church? Yeah. How about you guys at Atasca Cedar? Are you excited to be at church? I heard you. I heard you. Some of these guys were trying to help you out, but hey, it is a great time to be at Woodland Church. I'm starting a new series today. It's a little mini series for the next two weekends called Marriage Masterpiece. And really, these principles are for every relationship. They apply to just about every relationship. So I'm really excited about that. So we'll do that for two weekends. And then on the third weekend, we're starting a new series, but we're also having Rodeo Weekend at Woodland Church. Yeah, and we do that because we just like the rodeo. So, no, really we do it so you can invite friends. And we're going to have the Woodland Church Rodeo and Livestock Show right here, before and after every service. So it's just an opportunity to invite friends. I mean, uh, and then ride the mechanical bull. Uh, Pastor Daniel at Atascacita said, why don't we have mutton busting but use labradoodles instead? And I thought, that's a great idea. Who knows what we'll have out there. We're going to have food and fun for the kids. And you can wear your boots because you never do. This is your chance, you know. Some of you do every weekend. I love it. But we're going to have a great time. And really, it's all about inviting friends so they can experience Christ. So please think about who you're going to invite and do that. Because all the studies show that people who don't go to church, most of them say, I would if only a friend would invite me. So think about that. Now, I know God has a powerful word for us today. God is more than able to do the impossible in your life. What impossible situation are you facing in your relationships, in your family, for those of you who are married, in your marriage, in your workplace, in your business? God is more than able to do the impossible. So let's pray for that. Dear God, I pray today that you'd speak to our hearts through your word. I know these principles are life-changing, relationship-changing. So help us put them into our lives. Help us get something, Lord, this Sunday that changes our lives on Monday. And we do pray for you to do the impossible, Lord. Break down barriers that feel like walls that can never come down. Who am I to say what you can do, Lord, because you can do far more than I could ever ask, think, or imagine. So do that today. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. The first time Chris and I went to the Louvre in Paris, we headed straight for Leonardo da Vinci's 16th century oil painting of the woman with the enigmatic smile. And I have to admit, when I first saw the Mona Lisa, I thought, what's the big deal? I mean, first it was so much smaller than I expected. It's only two and a half feet by two feet. It's in a frame much smaller than this. And you have to understand, in the Louvre, there are all these stunning works of art that cover whole walls that are in brilliant colors. But Mona Lisa is just a small oil painting on poplar wood. And I have to say, the woman in the painting looked just as plain and ordinary as she had in all the reproductions that I'd seen on television and in the movies through the years. And as Chris and I stood in front of the Mona Lisa, I thought, I just don't get it. How can something that at first glance seems so plain and so ordinary be so great? Well, I just revealed how much I know about art because the Mona Lisa is the most valuable masterpiece in the world. It's uninsured because it's priceless. 
Some have said it's worth a billion dollars, but you can't really put a price tag on the most famous painting in Western art history. But I want you to know that God says, you are an even greater masterpiece. I want us to look at Ephesians today. Chapter two, verse 10. Would you stand in honor of God's word? And I hope you will take this to heart and start believing this because it's true. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You can be seated. God says, you are a masterpiece. You are a priceless work of art because the master creator who crafted the universe created you. Now, you may feel insignificant. You may feel ordinary. You may feel plain, but you are God's masterpiece. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I'm God's masterpiece. Do it right now and do it with pride. Yeah, you're proud of your heavenly father who created you. I am, do it again, that wasn't that great. I am God's masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah, now start believing it. And it's not just you, everyone around you is a masterpiece. So turn to your neighbor and say, you are God's masterpiece? No, don't say it like that. Don't say it with a question. Turn to him right now, you are God's masterpiece. And that's all we're gonna do for the rest of the message. We're gonna say this back and forth till you get it, no. You were created by God as a work of art to live a life of purpose. Now the problem is we don't always feel or act like the masterpiece that God created us to be. I never took an art appreciation class in college and maybe that explains why I didn't appreciate the Mona Lisa like I should have. When Charles Barkley was in college playing basketball, he took a music appreciation course and he said, I would walk into the class, the teacher would play a couple of minutes of music, and then I would say, I appreciate that, and walk out. <laughs> he still got an A. An art appreciation class is supposed to help you understand the value of art, to understand what makes a painting valuable, what makes it unique, what makes it special. It's supposed to tell you the value of the art so that you can begin to understand the value of art, to understand the artist a little better, what makes them unique. So today, I want us to take a people appreciation course, a people appreciation course to learn how to value the people in our lives because this is a huge piece of building a masterpiece marriage. If you don't master the art of appreciation in marriage or any close relationship, the relationship will depreciate over time. Masterpiece marriages don't just happen. Unless you intentionally practice the art of appreciation, your marriage will depreciate over time and eventually depreciate into bankruptcy. Because masterpiece marriages don't just happen. Close relationships don't just happen. They naturally atrophy unless you do something intentional by practicing the art of appreciation. Now the word appreciation simply means to raise in value. If you've ever bought a house, hopefully you've experienced appreciation. If you've ever bought a car, you know the meaning of depreciation because it does that the moment you drive it off the lot. But appreciation simply means to raise in value. When you appreciate someone, it raises their value and it also raises yours. Now there are five things the Bible says you've got to learn in order to practice the art of appreciation. 
And it is something that you have to learn. It is something that you have to practice. First, acceptance. Appreciation starts with acceptance. I appreciate the people in my life when I began accepting them, even though they're very different from me. Accepting the fact that God made them very different from me. Now, there's a lot of mystery behind Mona Lisa smile. People throughout the ages have wondered what emotion Mona Lisa is expressing in that smile. What do you think she's expressing? I look behind the smile, there's nothing there. So, is she so in love with her husband that she just can't hold back a smile as she thinks about him? Or is she devising a plan to kill him? And she just can't hold back a smile when she thinks about it. it we don't know. The University of Amsterdam ran the painting's image through emotion recognition software, and here's what they found. The software found the smile to be 83% happy and 9% disgusted, 6% fearful and 2% angry. And maybe that's the feeling your spouse has about you most of the time. <laughs> I think that pretty much describes a great marriage, 83% happy and 9% disgusted at the same time at any given time. Then you're doing really good. If you're 83% happy and you're 9% disgusted with your spouse at the same time, that's a great marriage right there. Or maybe it's 83% disgusted and 9% happy. Hopefully it's not that. There's a lot of mystery about the Mona Lisa, but there's a lot of mystery about everyone in your life. Have you ever said, I just don't understand him? I don't understand her. I can't figure her out. I don't know where she's coming from. He doesn't make sense to me. That's because every one of us are a complex and unique masterpiece. Some are more complex and unique than others, but we're all uniquely made by God. So you'll never be able to completely understand everything about your spouse. So you have to learn to embrace the mystery. You're not going to understand everything about the people in your family or the people you work with. There will always be some mystery because they are very different from you and that's the way God planned it. So you have to embrace the mystery. And the Bible says there's a lot of mystery when it comes to marriage. In Ephesians 5.31, Paul said, and this is why a man leaves father and mother and cherishes his wife. No longer two, they become one flesh. This is a huge mystery and I don't pretend to understand it all. What is clearest to me is the way Christ treats the church. Paul says marriage is a masterpiece filled with mystery. First, it involves two people who come from different backgrounds and have different personalities with different needs coming together to share everything, to be one. That's gonna involve mystery and a lot of misunderstandings. But if you embrace the mystery, God can create a masterpiece. In Romans 15, seven, it says, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. So I practice the art of appreciation in my marriage when I accept my spouse and stop trying to change them. Now, I'm not saying they don't need to change. There may be a lot of areas in their life that they need to change. I'm not saying that they've got it all together but all your negativity and nagging and all the personal improvement plans that you try to put them on is not gonna work. It will never change them. I can't change anyone. I can't change myself without God's power. Only God 
can change people. You can pray for them. You need to tell them how what they're doing hurts you, but only God can change people. I have to accept them. When you accept someone, it doesn't mean you accept all their behavior. It doesn't mean you accept everything they do. You accept and love them knowing they're a masterpiece created by God, even if they're not living like the masterpiece God created them to be. The art of appreciation always involves acceptance. Secondly, it involves understanding. The art of appreciation involves understanding. Maybe you think, wait a minute, Carrie, I just thought you said I'd never be able to understand them completely. And that's right. But you can be more understanding. You can be more understanding of where they're coming from. Appreciation means you learn to be more understanding of their heart, of their perspective, of their hurts. Chris and I have taken dance lessons and she's really good at dancing. I mean, she just picks up new dances so quickly and, and I can't dance. I grew up Baptist, I've got a great excuse, but I, I just can't. I mean, no matter how many lessons, it's like, it just takes me forever. And there are times when I step on her feet. There are many times when I step on her feet, you know, and, and when I do, it hurts. It hurts her, ouch. Now I could say, I didn't mean to, so you shouldn't be hurt. I didn't intend for that to happen. I mean, I'm really trying here. You shouldn't be hurt. You shouldn't have said, ouch, because everyone here heard you. You shouldn't be hurt. No, she's hurt, whether I intended her to be hurt or not. That's not the point. That's where she's coming from. She's hurting. And so I just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I say a lot of, I'm sorry. At dance lessons, I'm sorry. Sorry again. Sorry again. But you see, many times in the marriage relationship, you know, when the other's hurting, we say, well, I didn't mean for you to take it that way. You shouldn't hurt. That's not what I meant. That wasn't my intent. I mean, you shouldn't be hurting. No, you don't get to determine their feelings. And so if they're hurting, they're hurting. And what God calls us to do is to try to step into their shoes and even more than that, just to hurt with them, whether we understand it completely or not, to say, I'm so sorry that you're hurting, and to be in that with them, to be more understanding. may not be your perspective, but we need to be more understanding and seek to understand. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Is there anyone in your life that you're really struggling to understand? I mean, it's just a struggle. Maybe it's your boss. You just don't understand why they do what they do. Maybe it's an employee. Maybe it's a teacher. Maybe it's your husband. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's your teenager. Maybe it's your parents. You say, I just don't understand them. They frustrate me. They drive me crazy. I don't know how to relate to them. Why did they do that? That makes me so angry. Are you struggling with anyone in your life to really understand them? And you just feel like you're miles apart in your understanding. This passage says, pray, God help me understand them better. God give me wisdom to understand them better. Help me be more understanding. Give me wisdom on how to break through to them. Help me see them the way you do. Help me see their hurt and be understanding. 
I need you because I don't know how to relate to them. I'm not getting through to them. The art of appreciation always involves understanding. It also involves affirmation. Affirmation. Appreciation involves words and actions that are affirming. You can raise the value of your marriage. You can raise the value of a friendship. You can raise the value of a coworker with affirmation. Tom Rath and Don Clifton in their book, How Full Is Your Bucket? Say that we experience approximately 20,000 interactions a day, 20,000 interactive moments, and not 20,000 people, but just interactive moments with people in our lives. And some of the interactive moments are positive, some of them are negative, and some of them are neutral. The positive interactive moments build us up. The negative ones, they tear us down because everyone has what they call an invisible bucket. We all have this invisible bucket and we're at our best when our buckets are full to overflowing. We're at our worst when our buckets are empty. There's nothing left to give. There's nothing left in the tank. And every one of us also has an invisible dipper. That is each and every interaction we can dip into and take away from or we can add to someone else's bucket. And they say in this book, when you fill someone else's bucket, the paradox is your bucket is filled and it builds you up as a positive interactive moment. Now the Bible said this all along. In Galatians chapter six, verse seven, it says, the person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All will have to show for this, for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth, work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. If you never fill up anyone else's bucket, your bucket will soon be empty. The consequences of an empty bucket are devastating. John Gottman has done a study on marriage using this, and he says that marriages whose positive-negative interaction ratio runs five to one, that is, five positive interactions in a marriage to every one negative interaction are significantly more healthy and stronger than those with a less positive negative interaction ratio. That is for every two positive interactions you have in your marriage, if there is one negative for every two positives, then your marriage is on shaky ground. In some marriages, it's maybe 10 negatives for every one positive. Then your marriage is really in trouble. In fact, he did a study of over 700 newlywed couples who had just got their marriage license and he videoed them for only 15 minutes right after they were married and he marked down their scores. He kept up with the positive and negative interactions. In those 15 minutes, he was able to make a prediction about which marriages would stay together and which ones would fall apart. At the end of 10 years, he followed up on each couple and the results were stunning. He was able to predict with a 94% accuracy which couples got divorced. It's pretty amazing from just watching 15 minutes of videotape from a couple just married. This is powerful. And God's word has said it all along. If you plant weeds and plant weeds and plant weeds, that's what you're gonna get back in your relationships. If you plant encouragement and you raise the value of your spouse, then it raises your value. When you belittle your spouse and you tear them down, you're just tearing yourself down because the two are one. When you honor your spouse, it lifts you up and it fills your bucket. They found that those statistics were the same in the workplace. 
They said that work groups that had at least a three to one positive negative interaction ratio were much more productive than work groups that had a less positive ratio. That's because when you're in an environment that you like to be around people and you're building each other up, you just get more done. You're more effective. Because when your bucket is empty, you're not effective. You just have nothing left to give. But you also need to protect your bucket. You have to protect your bucket from what I call bucket dippers. In fact, I would suggest stop hanging around people who are always dipping from your bucket. And you know who I'm talking about. Everyone has a couple of people in their life that when they come around you, oh no, here they come. You know, I'm gonna go hide. Tell them I'm gone, you know. They just suck the life out of you. I call them bucket dippers. I try to limit my exposure to bucket dippers because I need all the encouragement that I can get. I don't wanna hang around people who are always dipping from my bucket, stealing away my courage, stealing away my happiness in life. I wanna hang around people who are always filling up my bucket. In fact, you need a bucket brigade to make it through this life. Because you're gonna have a lot of negative interactions in life. You need a bucket brigade around you and that's a life group. You need some folks who are going the right direction. They don't have it all together, but they're in your same life stage and age and going through the same things. Then you can encourage them. You eat together. Uh, you know, you, you watch the biblical teaching that our pastors do on video and then just talk about it and pray for each other and have fun together, encouraging each other, building each other up. You need a bucket brigade if you're gonna make it through life. And, we have so many life groups. We're starting a lot of new life groups. Our life group teams are gonna be out in the foyer of our campuses this weekend. We wanna sign you up. We have all kinds of married life groups. We have young marrieds with no kids. We have married couples with preschoolers. We have married couples with grade schoolers, married couples with teenagers, married couples that are empty nesters. We have all these married couple groups. We have so many single groups. And by the way, if you're a single adult, you're a whole person, you're complete in Christ. A lot of people say, I've gotta get married because I wanna be completed. I, then they complete me, and I get what you're saying, but really that's not true. You're complete as a child of God. You just both bring that completion together, and sure, you're messed up too, sure, you're broken too, sure, God is making you whole, but you're a complete person in Christ, and so you need to know that but you need a bucket brigade. You need to be in a singles life group. Everyone needs to be in a life group to have that bucket brigade to encourage each other to stand strong against all the pressures in life and someone you can just be honest with and share your struggles and get encouragement. But you know, there's a problem. I've noticed that many young couples who are new members of our church, they start becoming like their parents. It's like that progressive commercial, and I'm trying to do something about it. Just watch. At Woodlands Church, we've just noticed that so many new members who are young couples, they start becoming their parents. So I feel an obligation to just come alongside them to help them navigate through this. So we're gonna go through a Woodlands Church service, and what I wanna do is 
help you with technology because I know that's hard. We use more technology today, and it's important to understand how to do it. So take out your phones right now. I think that's of the devil, Pastor. Devil's a lie. <sighs> okay, it's going to be hard, but we're going to get you through it. Sometimes we put up a QR code, like when we want you to download Woodlands Worship. It just makes it so much easier. So you see the QR code up there. Now what we want you to do is take your phone and get the QR code. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you don't turn your flashlight how you, on. How do you get a QR don't, code? Don't turn your flashlight. Put your flashlight. Turn your flashlight off to get the QR. Sir, you still have your flashlight on in your pocket. You get the QR code. Cyrus? I'm trying to zoom in. I think Almost. I got it. Cyrus. Oh, man. Oh. It took Cyrus. 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 Why? Now, what? We can't spend 10 minutes of our service waiting for you to get a QR code, so you're going to have to get it. Who's getting the phone call? Golly. Hello? Hey, I need that QR code. I could not get the QR code. Shh, I just need that QR Wait, code. I was zooming in everywhere, and then it was gone. Hey, can you send it to me on the Facebook? Two things here. First, you're sitting right there and you're sitting right there. There's no need to call her right here. And it's just Facebook. You can give many ways. You can give through check or cash. That's great. But we want you to learn how to give online. Just pretend like you've already downloaded the app. You already have given online. And the offering basket comes by. And so what do you do when the offering basket comes? No, sir, you've already given. It's okay. You don't have to feel guilty. Just pass it on. Just pass it on. Sir, you don't have to give your cell phone after you give online. That doesn't help anyone. I told the guy in the sound booth that the volume is too much, but he did not listen. It's not his job to listen to you. Oh, that's okay. I brought some earplugs for everyone. Do you have Tums? Woodlands Church can't keep you from becoming your parents, but we can help you get into a life group. Hey, put the QR code back up. Yeah, we can't help, but... We can get you in a life group, and that's going to help so much. Don't hang around bucket dippers. Have a bucket brigade. Some of you are thinking, well, what if I'm married to a bucket dipper? Well, I'm praying for you. I can't help you with that. So, no, what do you do? You start filling their bucket. That's the only way you can change them. You need to be honest with them. Sure, you need to say some negative things. Sure, you need to tell them what's hurting you, but stop trying to change them. Give them to God, start filling their bucket, and even if they don't change, it fills your bucket. Now, I'm not talking about abusive words, abusive actions. If you're in that situation, you need to get out of that situation. We have counselors to help you. But I want you to look at this next verse, Proverbs 12, 18. Thoughtless words can wound as deeply as any sword, but wisely spoken words can heal. Thoughtless words. Thoughtless words. So many times our words are thoughtless. So your assignment for this week is after every interaction, stop and think. Did I fill their bucket or did I take away from it? Was that a positive interaction? But I want you to see there's a fourth thing that's crucial to the art of appreciation. And that's honesty. Honesty, acceptance, understanding, affirmation, and honesty. The reason why the Mona Lisa is so valuable is because it's an authentic da Vinci. It's not a forgery, it's authentic. And the only way to raise someone's value is by being authentic, by being honest. Work groups 
that had a positive negative interaction ratio of three to one or better were significantly more productive than those with a lesser ratio. But they also found that there's a ceiling. They also found that work groups that had over a 13 to one positive negative, that is 13 positive interactions to every one negative, those work groups were less productive. Their productivity worsened, why? Because they weren't being honest and open about the issues and the problems they were facing. They're pretending like everything's okay and that makes all encouragement meaningless. When all you do is say encouraging words every day in your workplace and you don't say any truth, just positive things, even when things aren't positive, then the positive words become meaningless. There's a balance there. You have to share the truth. That five to one ratio is really where it's at. In a marriage relationship, in a work relationship, five positive, encouraging interactions for everyone that's negative. But you have to have those negative ones. You have to be honest and open about the problems you're facing or you can't solve those problems. I want you to look at the next verse, Proverbs 24, verse 26. An honest answer is a sign of true friendship. I said that you can't change someone, and that's true, but you can be honest with them about the issues to help them change. You have to be honest about what's going on in the relationship if you're gonna make progress in the relationship. And you do that because you care. By the way, lying is one of the most depreciating things you can do in a marriage. It says to your spouse, you're not worth the truth. The reason you're hiding the truth might be because you're afraid to admit your mess. Maybe it's a fear of rejection or because you don't wanna hurt your spouse or you wanna avoid conflict. But hiding the truth, hiding your mess and secrets tears away at your spouse's value. It depreciates the marriage and it depreciates your relationship with God because truth builds trust. And if you've destroyed trust, you can build it back, but only with truth over time. See, the truth is marriage is really just a process of restoration. Marriage always starts with two broken, very imperfect people, but when you realize that, you admit that, then you can start building something beautiful from the brokenness. When you're both honest about your brokenness, you can start working on restoration with God's power. Appreciation involves honesty because appreciation always involves restoration. You know, we think marriage is something that starts with two people who are perfectly matched and they're perfectly in love and it starts perfectly, but over time the love can become stale and broken, but that's not true. For those of you who are married, I want you to know your marriage was never perfect. It started out with two very broken and messed up people. And when you get honest about that, you can choose daily to let God build something beautiful and lasting out of it. Then you can become and act like the masterpiece that you really are, that God created you to be. We have to tear up the forgery of perfection. Otherwise, we'll tear up our spouse and our marriage. The Bible says the whole purpose of marriage is restoration. The whole purpose of marriage is restoration. Paul said the big mystery of marriage is that it's a picture of Christ's love for the church. And Christ loved the church so much that he died to restore us to himself. And so marriage should reflect Christ restoring love. The purpose of marriage is restoration. You start out with broken pieces and then 
You admit it, and then you, with God's power, can build something beautiful out of it, and the world can see Christ restoring love. He came to restore us to himself. And so this is all about restoration, being a picture of Christ's restoration so people can see in your marriage, you reflecting the restoring love of Christ, and it draws them to Christ's restoration. A fresco of Jesus in a church in Bora, Spain was restored several years ago by an 80-year-old parishioner of the church, Cecilia Jimenez. And here's a picture of the original painting, and it was done in 1930 by Elias Jorge Martinez, and it's called Behold the Man. Now, here's a picture of the painting after the wear and tear, and before it was restored, and so this dear, well-meaning lady in the congregation tried to restore the painting. She was commissioned to restore it, and here's what it ended up like. Behold the man. Behold the monkey. I don't know what it is. Behold the potato. I don't know, you know. That's a picture of what happens when we try to restore ourselves. We try to fix our hang-ups and our sins. We just mess it up worse. It's a picture of failed restoration attempts. This failed restoration attempt on the fresco in Borja, Spain went viral. The New York Times reported that two years later, over 150,000 tourists from all over the world had come to see Jimenez's artistic endeavor. And it gave a much needed bolstering to the sleepy local economy. It almost single-handedly saved all the businesses in town. And one tourist was asked, why did you come to see the fresco? And he said, it's a pilgrimage of sorts. God works in mysterious ways and your disaster could be my miracle. It reminds people that we're a mess, but God can do a miracle. And that's really what happened because hundreds of thousands of people now come to see this fresco. And I guess it just reminds them, you know what? You know, we all can make a mess of things, but it's all turned around now. They have to donate a dollar for the church's ministries when they come in and Part of that, it's created thousands of dollars for the church to do more ministry, and then part of that goes to Cecilia. And she's able to take care of her elderly father with it. And Cecilia said right after it went viral, she felt such shame as everyone told her how ugly it was, and she didn't want to go out in public. She had to get a psychiatrist, and, but she said, you know what? Now everything's changing. She said, when I look at the fresco, I don't see ugly anymore. I see something beautiful because of what's happened in the town. And God's used the ugliness to bring about something beautiful. And I love that because God takes our messes, our brokenness, and he makes something beautiful out of it. In Isaiah 61.3, God says, he will give beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning. You see, because we're all broken, We've all broken away from God. We become broken in the ugliness of our sins and failures. But God took the ugliest event in all history and he turned it into the most beautiful act of restoring love in all history. On the cross, Christ took our ugliest sins, our mistakes, our failures, and he replaced them with the beauty of forgiveness, the beauty of purpose, the beauty of heaven one day. He raised our value by paying his life for us, for our forgiveness. That's why appreciation always involves forgiveness. In Ephesians 4.32, 
It says, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So we're to forgive each other. Marriages are built on forgiveness because two imperfect people are gonna hurt each other. And you build something beautiful out of forgiveness. But you can only do that by God's power. We naturally wanna hold on to the hurt, turns into bitterness, and it destroys relationships. And now, trust and forgiveness are two different things. We're to forgive instantly because Christ forgave us with God's power, whether we feel like it or not. But then it takes time to build trust back. But we have to learn to forgive over and over and over again because Christ forgave us. If marriage is gonna be a picture of restoration to the world and what Christ has done for us and reflect Christ restoring love to us, then it has to be built on forgiveness. There's no other way because bitterness is the biggest destroyer of marriages. In 1911, the Mona Lisa was stolen from the Louvre and it was gone for two and a half years before they got the guy who stole it and they got the Mona Lisa back. In the two and a half years that the Mona Lisa was gone, thousands flocked to the Louvre to stare at the empty space on the wall where it had been. More people came during those two and a half years than in all the years put together when the Mona Lisa was there. Why? Because we don't appreciate something till it's gone. We don't appreciate the things in our lives and the people in our lives that we should be grateful for until they're gone. So never wait to appreciate. Never wait to appreciate because if you wait, it could be too late. Never wait to appreciate. Don't wait to give acceptance. Don't wait to give understanding. Don't wait to give affirmation. Don't wait to give honesty because you care. And don't wait to give forgiveness. And maybe some of you today, you're holding on to a hurt and it is time to release it, to forgive. Whether you feel like it or not, see, it's only hurting you. It's only hurting you. And it's time to forgive. Say, Carrie, you don't know what they did to me. No, but God does. And when you forgive, it releases that person who hurt you over to God. And God can take care of it. You're not letting them off the hook. You're releasing them to God. And you experience the flood of God's healing in your life. Physical healing, emotional healing, relational healing can happen when you forgive. And you just need to choose to forgive today and say, God, I choose to forgive. Whether I feel like it or not, I let it go. I need your healing. And you experience that. I don't know what you need to do today. Maybe you need to call someone who's been a lot to you and you keep thinking, you know what, I need to tell them how much I appreciate them, how much I love them, give them words of affirmation, but you're not doing it, so it doesn't matter, it doesn't count. All the good intentions don't matter. Maybe you need to give some flowers to someone today that means something to you. All the flowers at their funeral won't make a difference, who cares? What I'm saying is, and maybe you need to write a letter to somebody that you appreciate, and they'll be shocked to get a letter that's not junk mail, and they'll be more shocked to get a letter from you. Just thank someone in the past. Maybe it's a teacher. I, I don't know. Maybe it's someone that you've lost touch with, but you need to tell them. Say it today. Give it today. Do it today. If you're going to do something for someone, do it now. If you're going to say something to someone, say it now. If you're gonna give, give now. 
Don't wait to appreciate because one day it will be too late. Today is the day. Let's stand together and pray. Will and church, God, we come before you today and we just ask you to help us practice the art of appreciation. And I know, Lord, it takes time to practice it, but Lord, we've got to start today. Help us not to wait to say the things we need to say, to do the things we need to do for the people in our lives. And Lord, I pray today for marriages that are hurting and struggling. And every marriage has some hurts, but I know there are some, Lord, that are barely hanging on, and I pray that you would do a miracle, Lord, because you are more than able to do the impossible. That you would start restoring that marriage, that you would start restoring hearts and lives and broken emotions and bodies, that you would bring restoration today as only you can. Restore, Lord, families, restore teenagers and parents, restore friendships, bring restoration, Lord. And I know that some here today have gone through the pain of divorce and just let them know how much you love them, Lord, and how you wanna restore their hearts and heal the brokenness and the hurt. And Lord, we pray today for all those who have never received you as Lord and Savior that they would pray this prayer out loud. And I just wanna ask everyone in the congregation to pray this prayer out loud to encourage those who've never received Christ and his restoration power. Let's all pray this prayer out loud. Just repeat it after me. Dear Jesus Christ, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Restore me. Come into my life. I accept your free gift of salvation. I accept your free gift of heaven one day. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you keep your head bowed? Just keep your head bowed. And if you prayed that prayer, would you raise your hand? Something happens when you admit it and you raise your hand. Yes, I see all those hands. Oh, praise God for all those hands. I know you guys in the balcony. I see you. Keep raising your hand. Keep raising your hand. Yeah. Dear Lord, I just pray for everyone who received you today. You would help them grow in you and help them tell someone. And if they received you online, help them just click. I'm raising my hand. I received Christ. And thank you, Lord, that now... You've got them on a road to restoration. And you will never leave them and never forsake them. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Woodland Church, God's up to great things. I want us to sing. I want us to praise the Lord because he is more than able to do whatever you need. He is more than able to do the impossible in your life. Let's believe that this week. Let's claim that this week. And let's realize that we are God's masterpiece. Maybe... You know, we're not there yet, that's for sure. And maybe we're not acting like it or feeling like it, but you are God's masterpiece. Let's live like it with God's power and believe him this week that he's more than able to do whatever we need. God bless you, Will and Church. Let's sing together. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.